Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more, talking sports, uh, yes we do, talking sports, uh. It's for you, Ray and Tay, and we spit it every day, and we're talking sports, give us a call, okay? All right, all right, clap it up. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray, Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor. It is a Friday in June the 9th. And we got some sports to talk. It's all about the NBA. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, tweet at us at Ray and Tay Today. Check out the website, rayandtaytoday.com. You want to hear some good NBA interviews? Check us out. We got John Sally. He, he, he talks about some chips. You know, we got Trent Tucker, guys like that. So Ray and Tay got you covered. Um, Ray, a lot to talk about. We'll get into a little bit of, you know, the Stanley Cup and some baseball and NFL, but let's jump right into the NBA Finals. The question I have for you is, will the Golden State Warriors sweep the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron James for his only, which would be his only, what, his second sweep in finals history? The other one, he was 22 years old. Is this a wrap? And we'll talk about what happened game three. But is this a wrap tonight? So going into this series, I said that really Cleveland doesn't have a chance. And there are really two outcomes, either a sweep or five games. And nothing that they've done leads me to believe anything differently. It's a 48-minute game, and they just don't have the firepower. So – I, I'll say that for pride's sake and the fact that they're, they've got the best player on the planet still, that they squeak one out tonight and they lose on Sunday, so it doesn't even matter. Uh, so ultimately, the NBA champion before the beginning of next week will be the Golden State Warriors. But yes, the Cleveland Cavaliers find the muster to keep the game close and then at home, they make a couple big shots. Maybe Golden State misses a couple big threes, and Cleveland squeaks one out, eeks one out. All right. I want to I wanna say I totally agree, but I want to go back to game three because they should be kicking themselves because they had somewhat of the right formula to basically potentially have this a 2-2 series tonight. And, you know, I'm upset, Ray, because – Tristan Thompson does not have Uber or Google Maps on his phone because he has not landed in any of the buildings in the NBA Finals. He didn't know where the Oracle was, and he didn't know where the Q was because in two of the Finals, he had zero points. He's averaging 2.7. He had four rebounds. Another game, he had three rebounds. You know what I mean? It's disgusting, and this is a guy last year who averaged a double-double, Ray, and Cleveland misses that. Kevin Love had, what, 
eight or six points and 13 rebounds. The Warriors had 44 boards to Cleveland's 37. They've been killing them on the glass in this series. The assists were 27 to 17. The only thing the Cavaliers did better were the turnovers. I think it was 12 to 18. So, Ray, I mean, to me, if, thank goodness, JR showed up, you still need more from your bench. They only had 11 points. You know, uh, Jefferson and Corver and um, Shumpert had like two. At least Corver had, I think, eight. But, Ray, if Tristan and Love give you something game three, you win. Now, I got to ask you about two specific plays because – I disagreed with what both players did, and they both had 38 and 39 points, so it's hard to go against them, and that's LeBron and Kyrie. I don't care that it's the most intelligent or smart basketball play. He can't pass that to Kyle Korver, who's not been on fire from threes, and Draymond's got five fouls, and you're at home, and you're LeBron James, and if you penetrate and force it and get fouled and force contact or try to dunk it, you could get an N1, or at least you get free throws. What did you think about that play, and what needed to really happen? So we'll say this. LeBron is amazingly consistent. He made that pass in 2004. He made that pass in 2008, and he's making that pass in 2017. So from a basketball perspective, you've got a wide-open three-point shooter who can hit threes. Now, granted, he hasn't played all that well in the playoffs. He he never really became a core part of this Cavs team since coming over in that trade midseason. But LeBron consistently makes the play. I agree with you 100% that if I'm LeBron or if I'm in his ear or if I'm playing NBA 2017, I'm not passing the ball. I'm taking it to the hoop. I'm trying to get an and one. Now, LeBron, there's been these issues about his where is his head with foul shots and fourth quarter and end of game free throws. But having said all of that, I agree with you 100%, especially if Draymond or anybody else is in foul trouble, right? Because they're not going to go up and challenge you. So I agree with you 100%. But to LeBron's credit, he has not changed. And the same guy that you praise for having that huge basketball IQ and knowing the game and knowing his players, he's made that pass his whole career. You're totally right. But, uh, Ray, I just sometimes, and we all get on him, his lack of aggression, whether it's, you know, Dallas going up against Jason Terry and J.J. Barea, you know, even against the dominant Spurs team that he lost to, you know, the lack of aggression sometimes is mind-boggling because when he is aggressive, he's unstoppable. And we saw that especially what game was it five in Golden State and even maybe game six back in Cleveland last year in the finals. So the second play, Ray, Kyrie Irving, one, didn't seem like he was aware of the clock, had a perfect opportunity for a two-for-one, dribbled, you know, for 11 seconds, I think it was, um, and then selected a, a sort of step-back shot against Clay. One, you don't wave off J.R. Smith because you could have got a different matchup and maybe Steph would have been guarding you. But two, if you want to take it, fine, but go towards the basket. You're the best finisher at the rim, as we saw umpteen times that night. He was amazing, right? 
what should Kyrie have done and how bad or how much? Because I know, you know, we both played ball. I know in your core, you hated that shot, right? Yeah, 100%. I, I don't disagree with you one iota, but the same chemistry, the same DNA that won them a championship last year. Remember, the shot he hit last year, that's not a good shot either. The shot against he Curry, hit yeah. against Curry was dribble, dribble, but, dribble. But, Ray, at least it was sort of the cat, the Warriors a little on the heels. It was coming down. They weren't officially, like, perfectly set. You know what I mean? It was a Fair different – there was a different momentum. It was a little Fair different. Fair enough, but that's a contested three from 26 feet. <laughs> he made it, but but I mean, really, only Steph Curry and Kevin Durant make those kind of shots. So, uh, you know, the thing is, these Cleveland Cavs are not out of character. So, to their defense, this is what got them here. This is what won them the championship last year. I just their role they- players are out of character in the sense that they're not contributing. That's out of character. Yeah, fair enough, because their role players did carry them. I mean, think about the last two finals. Think about how somebody showed up, right? Matthew Dellavedova in the beginning of the finals two years ago, right? They were like, oh, he's a Steph Curry stopper. He's not the Steph Curry stopper, but he had a couple good games. Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith, Iman Shumpert, everybody contributed and at least made their impact on one, two, or three games in the series, that you're not having. You have Cleveland's big three, and that's it. And now, because Cleveland isn't as good defensively as they were two years ago, you're getting into a shootout with the Golden State Warriors. You're going to lose every time. You don't have the firepower to get in a shootout with this team. This team is too talented. you got to play defense you got to play ugly basketball. You've got to do something to get the Warriors off of their game because if you're playing a 119-116 game, you're going to have 116 because Golden State's going to figure out how to win. That's, that's just their style of ball. You have to find a way to negate. And, and I don't think Cleveland does anything that makes Golden State uncomfortable. Well, let me ask you this, because I do feel LeBron in the post could make them uncomfortable. Is it, is it sort of this, um, for lack of coaching from Lou, lack of LeBron, you know, doing it? Uh, I think in the three games he was in the post once. I think I read a stat today. You know, because, Ray, he could still pass out of the post. He's one or two dribbles away from a dunk, a layup. Um, he can get to the free throw line. He can create mismatches. Is it just – I don't under, I don't get it. Bless you. I don't get it. Like, uh, you why know what? is this it's, not happening? No, I, I agree 100%. And, and like I said, I, I don't think Cleveland has a chance in the series. But if I was Ty Lue, I would be the mad scientist. You've got to try everything, right? I would be trying everything. Even though I said you don't get into a shootout with them – for four or five minutes, I would try to shoot threes just to see if you can maybe get some momentum and then go play bully ball. You know what? The Golden State Warriors have really two elite defenders in in uh, uh, Draymond Green and uh, and Clay Thompson. Play. The rest yeah. of those guys, 
are okay, right? Durant's playing the best defense of his career this year, but Steph Curry's not a defender. Zaza's clumsy. So you know what? Screen and roll, mismatches. Get Curry on a mismatch. Get Curry. Now, he, he steals them. He's a lot like Iverson, right? He's got those quick hands. He's always in the mix. But he's not a one-on-one defender. So you know what? Try some, try some high pick and roll. Try, try getting Kyrie into the, into the pick and roll so his man, Steph, mismatches on a switch. Try doing that. Try get playing big. Try playing small. Try everything. Because try LeBron <laughs> in the post. You know what? You're right. You're absolutely right. You have the best player in the game, and he should not be dancing 25 feet from the basket, right? Get him in the high post. Get him in the low post. Get him to the point where Golden State is uncomfortable. First of all, try to pick some fouls up on Draymond Green. Second of all, try to create some mismatches. They had that the other night. Remember I had said that I I thought that they would have two or three guys in some foul trouble or maybe I texted it to you and Hank, and they had it, but they didn't – it's like they don't finish. They don't take advantage. Like, do you remember, like, there were always some great coaches that they smelled blood. When a player had two or three fouls in the first half or get their fourth foul early in the fourth quarter, you then go and attack that player. That's old-school basketball. But guess what? It's also just efficient, smart basketball. I don't care what the era is. If someone has foul trouble, you attack them because they have to make a business decision. Either get another foul so they can't stay on the court, or they play Zorro defense, and then you get an easy hoop. It's just smart. I, I'm baffled, Ray. And to me, I, don't, I just don't get it. And also, if you noticed, I had sent you a text during the game. They did have the small lineup out there for a minute, and I think they went on a 7-0 or 9-0 run, and Warriors actually called the timeout. And the Cavaliers had like a seven-point lead, and they just couldn't keep it. Um, so I do think in spurts, that small lineup can work. And, you know, it just so happened when they did it, it seemed like it was, it was like LeBron and Richard Jefferson. I would have done it still with Shannon Fry, you know, having him play center and shooting the threes. But it was, I, I can't remember. I think it was LeBron almost at the five because there were no big guys on the court for either team. But it did work for the Cavaliers. I would go to it again tonight. Give me one player that for Cleveland to pull off this that has got to give you, let's say, twelve points, and and it's out of the there the you know it's out of the Cavaliers you know big three, and maybe even out of Jr. because you need Jr. to give you at least double figures. But who needs twelve points off that bench? Well, you said you said Tristan Thompson. I think he needs to at least get you some offensive rebounds, keep possessions alive. If he can score, that's great. But if he can't, that's okay, too. Get the offensive rebounds and get it out to somebody who can score. I think either Kyle Korver or Iman Shumpert, one of those guys has to hit four threes and has to really punish Cleveland for doubling Kyrie, doubling LeBron, and, you know, not letting Tristan Thompson get those putback points. So one of those guys, because you know Golden State's going to score 100 to 110 or more. So even if – that's why I told you, you know, I, I hate to say it again, but it <laughs> doesn't matter what LeBron and Kyrie do because it's not an 80s, 90s game. So even if both of those dudes have 35 or 40, that means you get 80. But this is not an 80s, 90s game. This is a game played in the hundreds, in the low hundreds. 
So you're going to need more than those two. And probably both of those guys don't get you 40, right? So one of those guys will get you 35, the other will get you 30. That's 65 points. That's a lot of points. But you still got to come up with 45 more, 40 more. Were you, were you disappointed after, I think it was before game three, after game two and LeBron was going home, and they, he kind of had that statement, well, I'm averaging a triple-double in the series. I'm not tired. You know what I mean? Like, to me, I was like, ooh, that's a bad sign. You know time. what? I don't know. LeBron does things to psych himself up, to psych his fans up, to psych up the team. You know what? We need to leave LeBron alone. I, I think. No, no, I, I agree with leaving him alone because I, I can't criticize we're him. We're sticking a mic in his face all the time. What is he supposed to say? They're a better team. He said it best. They have 73 wins and they asked no, Kevin to listen. <laughs> Ray, listen, I totally you know? agree. To me, I don't know who's been worse, the refs or the reporters. The post-game reporters, first of all, Ray and Tay need to be at the finals, but because these guys asking questions, guys and girls, have been atrocious. There have been a handful, three to four people, that have asked normal, smart, inquisitive basketball questions. The rest of them, they can be put out under the firing squad. The questions have been horrible. But I will say this, LeBron's not doing enough, Ray. I don't care it's a triple-double. 28 points, 29 points, it's not enough. He needs 35, 12, and 12. This warrior monster, what he did last year, that's what he's got to do. Give me 41. I don't want to hear 29, 30. I want 41 like last year. That's what you have to do. 41, 10, and 10. But you, you have, have to, to do it. But you have to do it on 20, 25 shots, right? You, you can't do 41 on 40 shots. And that means <laughs> go to the basket. And when he goes to the basket, he's more efficient. He's more aggressive. And remember, in the first half, first of all, he's running out of steam. So two things. At the end of the first quarter, you give him that two-minute rest so he gets the timeout on the commercial, right, and, and hope they don't get blown out on a 7-0 run like the Warriors did last time. And then two – that means Kevin Love's got to be in the game and step up, and maybe even Kyrie. But then, two, you have got to give him the same thing at the end of the third so he's okay for the fourth. You can't play him 46 minutes. He's got to play, and it's specific, he's got to play 44 minutes. But just those two extra minutes at the end of the third quarter will help him. Ray, he's been, what, 11 points in three games in the fourth quarter? He's dying out there. <laughs> yeah, he, he needs help. And, and the other way you could do that is to get, I mean, it, it can't happen overnight, right? But to get somebody else to help lighten the load. But anyway, so you're going to give me your prediction. I'm, I'm smelling, I'm smelling warriors. I'm smelling calves. What am I smelling? No, either? Ray, this is it. And we can, you know, sort of move on to the other stuff. I, I actually think that Tristan, JR, even Shump and Corver, everybody's going to show up tonight. This team's got enough pride, I believe, that they don't want to get, and I don't think the NBA, <laughs> the whistles, don't want to sweep. Uh, there's a lot of money on the line. So I think, the, I think the Cavaliers are going to win 116 to 110. Surprisingly high scoring, but I think that they will get enough uh, going out of people and I do think LeBron has 35, uh, 12, and 10. Um, Kyrie will do big things. And I think Tristan is going to give you at least close to a double-double. Maybe he gets seven or eight points. He'll get some putbacks. But people are going to play tonight. 
So let, let, let's talk about – in NBA, we talk about the Sixers were tanking. We'll get to the Stanley Cup in a minute. But two things just happened recently. Two receivers are going to be available. One, fr- last Friday, I guess it was on the sneak tip, real quiet. The Chiefs, who need receivers, cut veteran Jeremy Macklin. He visited the Bills and the Ravens. Both teams could use him. Uh, before I get to the Jets and their potential tanking, how come – the Browns, Rams, and Bears have not raised their hand to say, I want Jeremy Macklin. Are their GMs insane? So the Bears put the side for a sec because they had Brandon Marshall for a bit and they had Alshon Jeffrey for a bit. The Browns and the Rams have never had wide receivers. So they (laughs) must think that this game is played with tight ends, running backs, linemen, and a quarterback because they've never decided to invest in, in uh, and you have a second year quarterback who has no weapons, no weapons. Tavon Austin is still five nine, and you know the guys that have come through there are are seriously not number. They don't one even have a number, number two, two receiver, let alone a number one. You know what? And 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 if you learned anything from Peyton Manning, if you believe in a quarterback. You need to give him every chance to succeed. So you could argue that they weren't good enough on defense, the Colts, and maybe they could have won more Super Bowls. But at the very least, Peyton Manning was given every chance to succeed. He had a very good offensive line. He had great running backs. and he had Hence the Eagles, bad, right? Alshon Jeffrey. Receivers. Alshon Jeffrey, yeah. Torrey Smith, LeGarrette Blunt. Hence the Eagles. Great offseason for the Eagles. They're helping Carson Wentz. So – Let's get to the Jets real quick. Um, you know, all the veterans have gone from Marshall to Mango to, you know, Revis. Now, after an OTA, they cut 10-year veteran linebacker David Harris, and I guess they're trying to trade, and if they can't find anything, maybe by Monday they'll release Eric Decker. Um, I believe somebody should trade for a fifth-round pick. This is a solid number two receiver, both Eric Decker and Macklin are. Um, is it just the desperation for Sam Darnold and wanting to rebuild and then maybe free up cap space? Cause they just, I guess would they said with Harris and Decker, they would uh, totally free up like 13 million total. So that I guess next year's plan is number one pick, get draft picks and free agents to like rebuild quickly. Is this, is this the way to do it? And is it just like so unfair to the fans who are season ticket holders? Cause we know, Oh, it's a pretty price to pay out there for the for the Jet games at MetLife. So I think both are true. That it's a team that was supposed to be good last year and ended up being terrible. That you're going out. I can't hear you. Your top two receivers are gone. You hear me? Your top two receivers yeah, are gone. Yeah. Your 10-year linebacker is gone. So you're clearly in rebuild mode. So what's my incentive to watch the team? So that's 100% true. But on the other hand, from a football perspective, and this is the part that, that's hard to reconcile, this is a good move, I think. I think I really think it is. I think that uh, Eric Deckerson on this team is a luxury. Go to a team that's actually competing 
and go to a team that, that needs a veteran up the middle, that needs a veteran number two receiver. He's a very good number two receiver. But don't tell me you think Hackenberg has potential because you're not giving him any weapons to throw to. Hackenberg has no chance. So he's, so he's set up to fail. So I, I don't think he's any good. But even if you did think he's any good, he's set up to fail. So the Jets have basically concluded that he's going to be a tackling dummy for a year until they get somebody so next year to watch the draft. USC. If you're a Jet fan, you need to watch USC and UCLA games and see if you want Rosen or Darnold, basically. True. That's, True. that's what they're telling those look like the two. Those look like the two top quarterbacks. Yeah. So that, that's where we're at. Um, give me a prediction. Where does Macklin go and where does Decker wind up? I hope they go to contenders, right? Mm. So I hope they go to teams that actually can use veterans because the two of them really haven't had much playoff success themselves. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. like, why wouldn't Jeremy Macklin go to the Broncos, stay in the division? That would be interesting to me. Go to the Broncos with Jamal Charles? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Kansas City reunion over there, yeah. right? You know, and, and, and Eric Decker. Could you see Eric Decker on the New England Patriots? No, they got even too much. More depth. I could see him they on the Seahawks. Depth. I could see him on the Seahawks. Seahawks could use a big receiver. Right, because all their receivers are kind of light, and and uh, he's a big guy. You know who else could use a receiver? In other words, Houston could use a receiver. I mean, a lot yeah. of teams could use receivers. I'm, I'm focusing on the Actually, playoffs. Actually, you know who could use them? Your Dallas Cowboys, because Eric Decker is better than Terrence Williams. Cole Beasley. Yeah. So, let's get to the Stanley Cup final. It's 3-2. The Penguins... Look, uh, Cosby and Sudan, they need to stop their back and forth. I thought Cosby was wrong with the whole head banging and with all that foolishness. Um, the goaltender got killed. You don't even know if he'll, you know, play again if they force it back to, um, uh, you know, there for game seven, um, your boy Renard. I mean, they benched him after it was 3-0. But, Ray, I mean, is this just a home ice series? Do you feel the Predators will be able to rebound and recoup, and that home ice is incredible, by the way. It is exciting. It's much more so fun because it's It's fun. It's just, I want to go to Nashville and see a game. That's, that's becoming a bucket list, Ray, honestly. Um, hey, Music City. Music City. Yeah. We go there, we go check out a game, and we'll go enjoy Nashville. Music scene is awesome over there. But yeah. hockey is the one sport where home ice matters the least. Of all the big teams. But but it's it's mattering right now in this series, though. It is, and that's what's interesting. Just like Nashville blew them out in game four, Pittsburgh returned the favor and blew them out in game five. So I'm going to say the home court advantage stays strong, and Nashville wins in Music City and forces this game back to Pittsburgh. But this has been a weird hockey. But you know what? At least it's been – well, there's been two blowouts, and and then two and a half, I guess, and then uh, and so both basketball and hockey. I want good games. I could use two, three, four more games. Uh, I'm thinking we're only going to get one or two more in both of these. But I, I'll say Nashville wins. I'll say both of these teams, Cleveland and Nashville, win home to push these series another game. Oh, then we'll have the game seven. 
for the Stanley Cup, and you're hoping we just have a game five <laughs> for the NBA, Ray. Uh, you know, listen, I, I'll tell you one thing I will say. If everyone plays their best, you know what? They can get more physical. They can assert themselves. They can get hot and, and hit threes, and they actually can beat this Warrior team. People think it's impossible. No, they can win in Oakland, and they can win tonight. So, listen, I, I, I can't say that it's just a foregone conclusion, and everybody's ready to call them a dynasty and this and that. I mean, if I'm LeBron and some of these guys, have a little heart and step up and, and make it happen and, and do something for, you know, your home ice and, and your home court and, and people. I'll say this. I think the Predators win. They'll force that. I'll take them 4-2 uh, at home. I, we, we both have the Cavs tonight. Real quick, Dallas Keiko goes down. The Astros' best record in baseball. Ray, um, you probably just missed 10 games, maybe two starts. Do you think that the Astros will go in a little bit of a slump or – are they still ready to rock and roll? And you see the Rockies uh, taking care of the Cubs this weekend. They already won the first game. What do you think happens there? I think that's a good, good series, series, actually. actually. The Rockies the are Rockies a good are, team. I, I've been dissing them, but they're actually a, a very legit team. So oh, yeah. look for them because, you, you know, the, the telling stat is always how they do away from home. But they're away from home. So, so they'll be fine. You gotta start at some point getting a little worried. Now the good thing is nobody's running away with that NL Central, so they're gonna win it no problem. The Houston Astros are on a roll, and remember Dallas Keuchel only pitches every five six days. So yeah. even without Dallas Keuchel, they'll be fine. He'll miss a couple starts, but they'll be fine. I don't know if they'll win, you know, eleven, twelve, thirteen in a row. Did but yeah, that streak was great. Eleven games, wow. They're they're good. They're good. They're legit. They're they're here to stay. So. You know, maybe in the next in the ten games he's out, maybe they go six and four. Seven and for and Yankee eight, but fans, still be right, we gotta love Aaron Judge leading the All Star voting over Mike Trout, number one. And he should. And he should. And he should. Look, yeah. Mike but he's Trout, got 18 home runs now. Not gotten down. Mike Trout was having his best season ever, and Mike Trout's the best player in baseball. But you got injured. You missed uh, now. It's probably what about seven or eight games. And right. Aaron Judge is killing it. He's absolutely right. killing it. I think he's got 18 homers, maybe 19 now. I don't know if he hit one yesterday. But the Yankees are, are playing great baseball. Now they play uh, Baltimore and the Bronx. So we'll see what happens. Look, should be fun. Great show. Everybody have a great sports weekend. And you know what? Hopefully we will have to be back on the air Monday to talk and preview game five of the NBA Finals. If not, we'll still be on because we'll have to wrap up the NBA Finals. So have a great sports weekend. And, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's wish for more sports and uh, hockey and basketball to continue on past Monday. So, All right. We, we are out. out. Peace.